What up? What up? What's good, people? What a weekend. Another weekend. Look, as I sit here and reflect, I often think and say to myself, you will never, ever forget where you were when. You will never, ever forget where you were when the Twin Towers were hit. You will never ever forget where you were when your team won the championship. Look, you will never ever forget where you were when Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated. You will never forget where you were when our world was put on notice that injustice and police brutality is not okay. Look, we have voices. We have voices that must be heard. And if we sit in silence, nothing will ever change. So I say to you today, speak up, don't be silent because we can't help change the world on mute. If you don't know, you are tuned into another exciting episode of Talk to Talk with Mo Orr. We have so much to talk about today and so many topics to cover. So before we get started, this will be the perfect time to tell anyone and everyone that is not watching or listening to go watch and listen to my damn podcast. So you heard me. I said, don't be silent. So I'm not going to be silent either. Look, we have a great show lined up for you today and a very, very special guest waiting in the wings and anxious to get started. But first... This podcast is brought to you by the Jerky Zone. Oh, yeah. (laughs) When you're looking for that high-protein pack stack to get your back on track, ask Tony. (laughs) The next stop is the Jerky Zone. And Intro Wheels, where custom rims make your classic cars come to life. And lastly, Advantage Capital Management, where the plus in the logo signifies above and beyond commitment to adding value to investments by providing A-plus impact to the world we touch. You could also watch this podcast on our app at www.thsn.today. Watch, submit, and share. So go download the app. And I know, I know, during this pandemic, everybody gets up extra early, goes to their garage, and work out. If you're on the Stairmaster, on the elliptical, or just driving in your car and you want to listen to this show, oh yes, you can go on Apple and Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, and Spotify. Don't forget also to support the high school narrative by visiting our team store that's right here, right? It's our East Bay team store, thsn.store. All right, work hard, play harder, let's get to it. Plus, today's topic is finding your passion and mentoring those behind you. My guest today has played in the NBA for the Indiana Pacers, have also traveled all over the world, hitting more than 30 countries, and now have been mentoring and helping young athletes reach their full potential. Please welcome Coach Stormin Norman Nolan to Talk the Talk. Thank you for joining the show. What's up, Coach Norman? Hey, Mo, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Hey, man, it is my pleasure to get you to take some time out of your day and to be on this show. So before we get started, every now and then you got to talk about a wart or something that you have that you need to get rid of. I can't tend to get rid of mine, so I'm going to invite him to be my sidekick today, and that would be the CTO of the High School Narrative, Mr. Tony Rosignol. What's going on, Tony? Mo, how are you? I'm more like a blood blister mode because you got to be careful because <laughs> it gets infected. <laughs> you can't scrape me off, though. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. 
Coach, thanks for coming on today. Really excited about what's going on. Very happy, very proud, and, and thanks for taking your time out today and, uh, and doing this with us. I appreciate it, Coach Tony. Hey, Coach Norman, man, listen, I, I, like, I've been in the basketball thing for a long time. You've been in the basketball thing a long time. We're almost in the same area, and I can't say that we have crossed paths, and I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. What's going on, man? Where, where are you at in, in Orange County? Uh, I'm pretty much south of Orange County. Uh, I would say Irvine and, 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 and more south. Um, I've been here for a little over five years, and I stay quiet, Mo. I, I stay under the radar, baby. I, you know, <laughs> All I right. don't to listen in a whole lot. Everything is word of mouth. And, and I pretty much stay to myself, you know, those who, who, who know me or those who, who need to find me know how to find me. Okay, so, well, guess what? I got the secret code because I found you, bro. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so so where did you where did you grow up, man? Where did you go to high school? Uh, Dunbar, Baltimore. In, 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 in Baltimore? Baltimore? Yeah, so I'm originally from Baltimore, grew up in Baltimore. Um, and like I said, I'm an East Coast guy, diehard, moved out here. Just under six years ago, my wife took a job at Hogue Hospital. So uh, I'm going to say that this is the new home because uh, once you get a taste of this, you don't want to go back. You do not want to go back, man. I just had, no. I don't know if you know, uh, Coach Dietrich Taylor over at Cal State Fullerton, man, and I just had him on the show, and he said there ain't. And he used the word ain't. <laughs> he used the word ain't on this national show right here. He said there ain't no place like California. And we damn sure ain't no up. better place. He, he's not lying. I had to co-sign that. <laughs> and I told him, I said, you're an educator. You just used the word ain't. So I use bees later on during the podcast. <laughs> I like it. So so you were in Maryland and uh, going to high school out there. So now it all makes sense. See, I thought I thought that you were born and raised out here in California. And I'm like, man, how do you get to the University of Virginia and, and living in California, you know, sometimes right. it's tough for kids out here to go all the way to the East Coast or whatnot. So now it makes more sense that you are already there. So, uh, look, so you went to Virginia, man. So talk to me about when did you know as a player that there was colleges out there looking at you? Wow. So I started playing basketball when I was eight. And... Uh, had a coach and it was Anne Arundel County, Maryland. His access to Arundel Park was the city. And he used to run these free summer camps all summer long, uh, Monday through Saturday. And it ran for three months. And I would go stay with a great aunt and for the whole summer and I would attend camp the whole summer. And he would, you know, Danny Furry would come by and talk to us. And he had, you know, certain athletes and you know, professional athletes that will come by and spend time with us and talk to us and come by the camp. And all he kept putting in my mind was you can get, you know, you can go to school for free, get a college scholarship, you know, if you work hard at this and, and, and based off of your athletic talents and everything. And I wasn't a multi-sport player back then. It was strictly basketball. Yeah. And, you know, it was funny because, you know, especially all that we're going through today, he was a, a, a little white guy that was in the Navy, that was retired Navy, uh, bushy eyebrows, like you can't believe. And here he is taking taking on a bunch of African-American kids from, from all these different neighborhoods. And he would drive around, he would drive probably 200 miles a day wow. to go pick up kids from, from all over the place. So to, to give you a reference, the area that I lived in, it was 26 miles each way. So that was 52 miles round trip. So he had to leave his house, come get me, go to practice, and then take me back home and then go home. But then he had to go pick up kids in another direction too. So I would say it's like going from, from Orange County to maybe Long Beach, wow. and then Long Beach to practice. But he would go south to say maybe Oceanside as well. Oh. And, and that was like his commute every day. And he would always take us to McDonald's afterwards and get us a, a little 25 cent ice cream cone. And my mom just couldn't figure out, you know, how is this white guy, <clears throat> you know, why is he doing so much for, for all you guys in the black community stuff? But he just cared, man. And, you know, you look at, at the times today and I'm talking, man, over 30 years ago, and it's just, you know, the type of people that's out there that just really care no matter what your color is. 
So he's been a mentor for me. He gave me the nickname Storm and Norman. Uh, and then uh, when I first moved out here within the first year or so, he recently passed, but he was 94 years old. And um, I mean, that's how I got started. He just instilled it in me. And, and, and that sticks to me to this day. And just the way that he gave to me, just through his heart and passion is, is, is the way, is the reason why I feel the way I feel to, to give back to, to the kids you know today so that's awesome man that's and that's a, that's a great story man especially during these times and you look at 30 and you said that was 30 years ago you that know what i mean 30 years ago yeah over 30 years ago and and white guy coming to the inner city taking uh some kids to go get this 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 training right and right. To practice and all that stuff look at the times today i'm telling you i'm telling you right now we need Everybody, I don't care what color they are, to help stand up for everything that's going on right now, so we can create some change. Absolutely. So that's cool, man. So, and then I was going to ask you. My next question was going to be, you know, you talk about mentors, and I know you're doing some mentorships. You know, who was your mentor? So you said he was one of your mentors. Is there anybody else that that played a huge influence on you in your life? Uh, I mean, definitely my parents. I mean, you got to give a shout out to them. It's as as little as they knew, because you gotta understand where, where we where we're coming from. You know, talking about college, having college coaches come recruit you, having high schools come to recruit you. There really wasn't a whole lot of knowledge back then, a whole lot of people that I was in communication with to to help me through that process. Right. So that's that's a that's an untapped like market right there. Being being there for parents and being there for the kids to really help them to watch out for you know, college coaches and high school coaches and stuff and wanting to, you know, go from this program to another program. Same thing with AAU basketball. Um, so that's the reason why I got into it after I got finished playing is because I wanted to educate parents. I wanted to educate, you know, the kids on, you know, you don't have to go three, four, five different teams or two or three different high schools to be successful. You know, pick a situation stay with that situation because what you start teaching is you know you start running from situations you know and and I don't want to have kids or teach kids that okay if this situation is bad or you're not happy with the coach or something that it's okay to leave so you know you got to find ways to, to tough it out and to work through these situations and stick it through now if there's a better opportunity that comes along then okay you you can you can explore that opportunity and everything but I just don't want people to start showing uh, throwing you know shiny pennies at you and you know offering you tennis shoes or gear or something like that and then all of a sudden you want to jump ship and and go to another program or another school and you know you just got to be aware because they're going to come and they're going to throw everything at you yeah that's crazy man because i you know i was talking on a, a, a few podcasts ago we was talking about the same thing and you know only thing that parents are teaching those kids in that moment is that if it's tough you could always leave right right that are kind of facing that, you know, kind of head on. So great message. And, uh, you know, not just for the kids, but also for those parents. Um, so college is starting to come after you, you know, right. what, what was, and, and like you said, it's over 30 years ago and recruiting is very different now than it was in the accessibility as it is right now. So what was that college recruiting like? you know, for you and, and going through that process? It was, uh, it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, being, being a, a high school kid and just, you know, every college in the country is, is coming after you. And, you know, in Baltimore, we got a lot of good talent, a yeah. ton of talent. And, you know, we, uh, we had a summer league that we would have that was outdoors, but it was covered. We called it the Dome. And it was pretty much one way in, one way out. And I mean, the crowd was pretty much all African-American except college coaches. <laughs> college coaches used to flood it. And, um, you know, it was just, it just, it just was interesting to have, you know, the college coaches when they would do the home visit, pull up on your block. You know, I had UNLV come to the house and Roly Massimino pulls up in the Cadillac with his shirt, you know, three or four buttons open and his gold chains and everything. And Jay Wright was with them. So they had that Italian mob look. And I had, um, you know, Jim Beheim and, and uh, uh, I can't think of the coach from Georgia Tech, it's Bobby Crimmins and 
Steve Fisher and so you know at the time these teams are at the height of their you know during during the college seasons or whatever yeah. at the period and you know the neighbors and stuff see these guys coming to the house and everything so I mean that part of it was fun uh, you get fluttered with mail yeah. and you know again you're just not prepared for it it's exciting and it's a big decision and I look back and I say well what made me choose Virginia and what made me, you know, narrow my, my schools down to the final five schools? Like, what was the criteria? And it really boiled down to what assistant coaches or the coaches that recruit me, I had the best relationship with. And that's what they try to do. They try to be your best friend and everything. And you build this relationship. And that's what it boiled down to. I, you know, I picked those schools based mostly off the relationship with the assistant coaches and everything, more so than the school itself. Right. Once right. I got a chance to visit the schools, of course they lay out the red carpet for you, right. and that's 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 that was the deciding factor. But it's a tough process, and if you don't know that going in, again they throw the shiny pennies. You know you you gonna reach for them. <laughs> so what was your what was your uh, top five schools or top three schools? Uh, top five was uh, UNLV, but I never took that visit. Uh, University of Michigan. Providence, uh, Georgia Tech, Virginia. Let's see, Michigan, Georgia Tech, Virginia. Yep, so those are my final five, but I did unofficials at University of Maryland, unofficials at Duke. Um, you know, doing early on, I loved Syracuse. I loved uh, Wake Forest. So, I mean, I knew I was going to be an ACC Big East guy. And the only yeah. reason why I had UNLV in there was because, you know, they were the running Rebels at the time. Yeah. And uh, my, after I took my four visits, my mom asked me, she said, son, you're not going to UNLV, are you? I said, mom, at least let me get my Vegas visit in. She you know was, what I mean? People, <laughs> she's like, tell the people you're not coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you make your way out to the West Coast, you might not come back. You know what I'm saying? Mom, just as you know, I, I enrolled early, I'm in Vegas and I'm having a, a Hey, hey listen, if I would have went to Vegas in the summertime, I was definitely going back east. <laughs> Hey, coaches, you would hope that the coaches are smarter than that to say, don't bring that dude from out, way out here in the middle of July. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Don't do it. So that's that's awesome, man. So, uh, you know, and it's really important, very, very important that you, and you stressed it, that it's about the relationships that you built with those college coaches. Because sometimes you got to filter through the BS, right? Because exactly. they want to get you there. You know, all those schools are trying to get you there. And of course, you being an athlete that's being recruited, you are aware of other players that are being recruited and where they're landing and stuff like that. And and you want to go play. Do you think it's important, or was it as important for you to to go and play right away, or would you have mind coming in and sitting behind somebody and and trying to learn? You, you know, it's interesting you asked that question, Mo, because you know I came in a McDonald's All American, right. And most McDonald's All-Americans are expected to start their freshman year. And, you know, I did. I expected to, to start my freshman year, but um, the player that was in front of me was Junior Barrows. And Junior Barrows was an All-ACC player. Right. Um, and, you know, the center position was open, but honestly, physically, uh, conditioning-wise, I just wasn't, I wasn't ready. And, you know, again, going in as a freshman, as highly touted as I was and not playing, a lot of kids will run from that situation and look to transfer. Um, but I stuck it out, man, because I knew I knew I wasn't physically ready. Like, I couldn't play more than probably 10 or 15, 15 minutes a game at a high level. Right. Um, <clears throat> but I played and I got experience and I learned a lot from the guy that I was playing behind. And, you know, I started for three years after that. And then, you know, my senior year, I was fortunate enough I had one of the best single seasons scoring-wise and, and, and everything that's, that still stands today since 1970-something in the university wow. history. So <clears throat> it all paid off. I didn't run. I stuck it out, and I just worked on myself. I didn't blame coach. I didn't blame, you know, the school or the program. And, and that's what, you know, I want to preach to younger kids, too. You got to fight through yeah, man, that, look, man, that takes a lot of maturity and and it takes a lot of maturity and humility. McDonald's All-American, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm walking in, where's the balls? I'm, I, that's right. the first thing I'm looking for. 
and my and my practice jersey and the basketball because yes, I'm the man and I'm playing, right? Exactly. So that takes a lot of humility and a lot of maturity to be able to go in and understand where you are and all that. So self-reflecting for kids is is really important. Um, I also noticed and my apologies that I didn't talk about the McDonald's All-American because I did know that you're McDonald's All-American, just so you know. So that's my bad. (laughs) I'm sure Mary is going to have a side conversation with me once we finish the show. Don't worry about it, Mo. I I, I squeeze it in. (laughs) That's right. Thank you for having my back, man. That's what I need. Thank you for having my back, man. Um, I'm also reading, it says, Norman Nolan is Virginia's 2016 ACC Tournament legend yes you know what legend i i read the 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 whole uh definition of legend and it takes a lot for somebody to use the word legend when they they come to put somebody in there and i think it's something amazing to be called a legend and there was a there was a whole ceremony and all this stuff that was going can you talk to us about that experience Yes. So, <clears throat> so the ACC, what they created or what they started to do, and I can't remember exactly what year, it hasn't been that long, is they uh, decided to honor uh, a player from each school during the ACC tournament every year. Uh, and they call it their Legends Brunch. And, you know, it's, it's really no order to how they do it. It's, you know, guys that had good careers at the school, you know, some better than others, some younger, some older. It's, it's, it's really no order. So the school nominates someone uh, from their program every year. And 2016 was was my year. And, you know, it was, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life because it was in D.C. The ACC tournament was in D.C. So that's like my hometown. Yeah. Um, or close to home. And, you know, just the reception and being able to celebrate that in my hometown and, and, the, and the players that were inducted with me was, was just unreal. And Jason Williams from Duke, Spud Webb, Adrian Dantley, uh, uh, James Worthy, uh, Charles yeah. Smith. So, and I mean, I'm, and I'm leaving out some, some great names as well. Uh, well I, I see them. I'm looking at them. Yeah, it, it was, Garrett, DJ Elder. Yeah, I mean, yes. you got, there's a list. So the, just the whole experience was just unreal, unbelievable when they did it first class, uh, put us up, tickets to the game, a nice brunch with our family, um, did some interviews and things. I mean, it was really first class. So just to be honored and nominated by the University of Virginia to, to represent them and, and, and for them to just show me the appreciation of, of how much they appreciated me for what I did for the university was just great. It was a great weekend. That's awesome, man! Congratulations, and and, and I, I want the viewers and the, and the and the listeners to know. Look, Nolan started at Virginia. Uh, started at Virginia from 1995 to 1998. Amazing, um, 1,329 career points, and uh, ranking 10th on uh, University of Virginia's all-time rebounding list, which is which is a phenomenal accomplishment. Just so you know, with 765 rebounds in 121 games. It talks about your breakout senior season in 1998, averaging 21 points and pulling down 9.2 uh, rebounds per game, and uh, also earning second team honors in 1998, and was three-time ACC Player of the Week selection. That's that's a big deal, man. I appreciate it. How does it feel to hear that? You probably didn't know that, or you got it posted right above your computer while you're looking at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, de- I definitely know those senior stats, man. I mean, it was a it was a hell of a year, bro. I'm not gonna lie. It was uh, th- that year. I really dedicated myself to a whole lot. You know, I, I stopped eating red meat that year, and uh, stopped drinking alcohol that year, and just I, I knew I had to bring it. So, you know, my body was in tip-top shape. And, you know, I was a leader on the team. And, I mean, I was a force to be reckoned with. I'm not going to lie. And I'm a humble person, man. But that year right there was special. Look, man, sometimes you got to tell people because sometimes (laughs) they don't even know. And I know, look, man, I'm going to tell people just like I know. I know how we are, right? As a people, right? Say, for instance, you showed up to the basketball court outside. You showed up to the basketball court outside. And this kid is talking. And he's talking trash. You going to say... Either with your boy, hey man, you won't let this kid, kid know. No, you don't. Okay, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta let them know sometimes, man. Sometimes you gotta let them know, man. 
and those are those are those are huge things man it's it's awesome you know it, it's so proud to have you on the show and that's why i'm honored to have you on the show because that's a big deal also while you guys while you were in virginia you guys went to the uh elite eight in yes. 1995 right correct what was what was it like playing the tournament man there's only 64 65 teams that play what is it like you know you know the, the goal was when i got there to go all four years um and we had a veteran team my freshman year. I mean, we had some guys that could go, you know, like I said, Junior Barrows, Corey Alexander, Harold Dean, Jamal Robinson. I mean, we were we were stacked. Curtis Staples, we came in together. That's my, my best bud. And um, and I can't, we, we were a four seed. Actually, we tied for first. It started out, we tied for first, a four-way tie, excuse me, in the ACC regular season with University of Maryland, Wake Forest and Carolina. And I'm talking Joe Smith, Keith Booth, X-Ray Hip, Johnny Rose, you know, those guys for, for yeah. Maryland. I'm talking Tim Duncan, Tony <laughs> Rutland. Um, I can't remember who else was with Tim down in uh, Wake Forest. And then Stackhouse, Rasheed, yeah. McKinnis, Doug <laughs> Williams, those guys in Carolina. And then us, we, we finished tied for fourth. And uh, it was a four-way tie because we played Maryland the last game of the regular season, and we beat them at home to force it. If not, Maryland would have won it outright. So that felt good, too, to beat up on the home team. Um, and then we went to the tournament, and, and at the time, Junior Burroughs was having one of the best postseasons around. And uh, we got to the, the round of 16 and played Kansas and Kemper. And Junior Burroughs went to work. We beat Kansas and ran into a buzzsaw with, with uh, 40 minutes of hell in Arkansas. And, uh, you know, the, those guys shooting deep, pulling over half court, Corliss Williamson, yeah, um, yeah. Th Scotty Thurman. They were loaded. And I, I want to say uh, that's the year that UCLA won it when Cameron Dollar took over the point guard spot because right, right. he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I can't remember was if it was Carolina and UCLA in the final or Arkansas and UCLA in the final. I can't remember. Ah, you know what? It was it was Arkansas and UCLA because we would have played Carolina had we had we beat Arkansas and we had already lost to Carolina. I want to say three times that year. See, <clears> all that goes to show you is nobody remembers second place, man. That's all that. <laughs> that. <laughs> all goes to show you. Listen, man, we're gonna have to take a really quick break, man, but. I'm going to tell you here, we're here with Coach Storm and Norman uh, Nolan. When we come back, we're going to talk about his uh, academy, which is is a big deal. Um, I, listen, you could also get in contact with the big fella at the big fella 25, just so you know. And also NLNBA.com. I am here with the Coach Storm and Norman Nolan. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. When I grow up, I want to be a ballerina. I want to be a doctor. When I grow up, I want to be a chef. When I grow up, I want to be a surgeon or a basketball player. I want to be a doctor when I grow up. I want to be caught in that subway. Our commitment to delivering lifestyles within reach is based on a holistic view of investing. We do not invest simply in brick and mortar, but we invest in the people in our communities and we support their dreams and aspirations. One of the great things about the North Point basketball program is it provides uh, our kids an opportunity to explore their hopes and dreams. I think the greatest thing about the program is that we are developing life skills for them, um, discipline, structure, uh, respect, hard work, friendships, fun. I think in their schools, in their uh, junior highs, in their high schools, and on into college, these are all things that sports is a vehicle to teach them life skills and, and to mentor them into being um, successful people, not only in sports, but in life. Success and stability starts in the home. Avanath provides housing to very hardworking, good people who are pursuing their American dream, and we are incubating that American dream. What we are doing is trying to support those families and help provide activities and mentorship for their children. We're part of their extended family, and it's our dream to help them reach their dreams. That is indeed what Lifestyle Within Reach is all about. 
What up? What it do? And welcome back, people. Oh, yeah, he decided to stick around for a little bit. He decided to stick around for a little bit so we can go into this sec- second segment. And that is, I am still sitting here with Coach Storm and Norman. And uh, uh, formerly, I want to say, uh, you guys, Virginia was the NCAA, NCAA champs about a year ago, right? Yes, sir. And still. Oh, you, <laughs> look, you are correct. It, it, this will probably be the first time in history that one team has stayed the champion for two years without playing in the second national championship game. Exactly. <laughs> and and still national champs. I bet you would <clears throat> talk crap to somebody. So did you, what did you feel about that? Were you there? How did that go for you? You know, Mo, you know, I was sitting here with my wife and I, I can go back when we first moved out here a few years ago. Um, and we were watching and, and we were playing Syracuse in the Elite Eight. And we were up 15 at the half. And we started looking at hotels and stuff and, and was getting ready to book Final Four reservations. And Syracuse came back on us and won that game and we couldn't believe it. And they went to the Final Four. And I was distraught. Um, like I, 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 and we beat Syracuse twice that year. So, so this time around, you know, we're watching the games, and we all know what happened the year before losing to my hometown, one of my hometown schools, UMBC. Grew up like 15 minutes from there. My sister graduated from there, and <clears throat> my niece goes there now. And we lose first time, 16 seed beats number one seed. So, you know, for me, when people were saying, "Man, y'all lost to a 16 seed," hey, listen, dude. I wasn't there. I didn't play. Yes, we lost to a 16 seed, but I was not on that team. Okay? So, you know, you got to hear that here. But then to, you know, to hear all the stuff that the players had to go through for the whole year and the death threats and the social media madness that they experienced and just the fact that Coach Bennett was able to keep that team together and keep those guys headed on for a whole season – and then the, to see them get to the Final Four, and even the games leading up to the Final Four were close games. I yeah. mean, August, Oregon was a close game. Yeah. Purdue was a close game. I mean, we're talking, you know, going down to the wire last second shots, and then to get to the Final Four, um, and the first game came down to Kyle Guy hitting three free throws, uh, getting fouled in the corner with zero time left on the clock to, to, to force the game to overtime. We went in overtime. And then get to the championship game, and I mean, it was just, honestly, I couldn't eat the whole weekend. Like I was so nervous. Like I've never felt anything like I felt there. It was the most amazing experience ever for, I mean, being a basketball player, being a, a sports fan or whatever. It was it was something I can't even put into words because my legs were numb. Every game was tight and it literally went down to the last play or the last second where you didn't know what was gonna happen. And I, it was funny because in the championship game, you know, I got this uh, superstition where when my eyes twitch, you know, one eye twitch is good luck, the other eye twitch is bad luck. And I kid you not, when we got down to the last few seconds, last minute of the championship game, my right eye would twitch, my left eye would twitch, and it was going back and forth as the momentum of the game switched. And, you know, I I, I just, my, my emotions and stuff, I just couldn't, I couldn't feel my legs and nothing. So when it was finally over and we got back to the hotel and was celebrating stuff, I looked at my wife. I said, man, I can finally eat. <laughs> man, listen, we don't, and as sports fans, and then you're a sports fan as well, we have no idea the effects in that moment that they are playing the game that it is having on the, the, the alumni, right? right. And, and past players, you know, because you're cheering for them. And because, you know, you're an alumni and you want them to win. But it means so much to so many people. I right. really wasn't surprised that you of A. I can't, I'm not surprised that they won because when you go through what you went through a year ago, exactly battle tested and prepare for that following year, and then to bring back you guys. Uh, we talked about they they got some kids from California. Uh, one of the guards from California. That yeah, Key uh, Clark is is currently there. He's a rising junior. And before Kihei, we had London Parente. So, <clears throat> yeah, man, that's 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 a big deal, man. Congratulations! I know I know that must have been a lot of weight lifted off your shoulders. Um, and I know 
people probably blamed you for the loss previously and you didn't even play. Did you suit up? Something I didn't know you still had eligibility or yeah, what? Yeah, I wish. I wish. Because that's the one thing we was lacking was a low post score. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and man, look, off of that team, I think two or three people went to the NBA, right? And got yeah, drafted. Three guys got drafted. Um, Kyle Guy yeah. got drafted to Sacramento, second round. Yeah. Um, Ty, Ty Jerome got drafted to Phoenix. Yeah. I want to say he was late first round. And DeAndre Hunter was a lottery pick to, to the uh, Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was coming to the Lakers. Just so you know, I thought he was coming to the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, he would have been a good fit. Yeah, he, he would have been a real good fit. fit. I mean, he's 6'8", six, 6'9", six, six, and long, and a great defender at multiple positions. Yeah, so, man, that's that's good, man. Congratulations, man. I, I, I could see I could see your eyes was twitching before we started here, and I didn't know what that meant. I was wondering. Now I'm glad you told me. What hey, that's the first one in school history, man. So, I, you know, it was, it was just good just interacting with all the, you know, the former fans and stuff that, that was there that saw me play and then having all my teammates there and then guys before us and guys after us. It was like, I mean, it, it was definitely the best experience, any any basketball experience as a player, as a fan or whatever that I've ever had, so. That's good, man. And I'm glad that Talk to Talk is in your top three. The first was probably marriage. The second was that. And then the third is Ben Hill, Talk to Talk. Man, I love you know, it. <laughs> hey, man, so. Look, we talked about all that, and that's great, man. I want to kind of talk about your academy uh, and what you're doing with that. So c- kind of talk to me about the academy and, and what you're trying to get and, and how you're helping and mentoring um, the kids right now, you know, from 10 to who knows how old. Again, I mean, Mo, I'm a one-man show. You know, I don't I don't seek a lot of outside help. Um, you know, I like, I like to... You know, just do my own thing. I, I, I like to. <laughs> I can't think of the words I'm, I'm thinking of or looking for right now. But you know, I, I just do my own thing, man. I don't like to answer to nobody. I like to run my own show. Yeah. Uh, I rock to my own beat. That's what I was looking for. Uh, and I like and, it. And 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 I call it an academy, but you know, because I'm I'm multifaceted. I like to you know be involved in everything in the kids' life. I look at myself as an extension of the family. Um. You know, so I need the parents to trust that I'm teaching the same thing they teach. Not only the basketball aspect of it, but being a good person, a good human being, doing what you're supposed to do in the classroom. You know, I tell parents, hey, if they're not doing what they're supposed to do in the classroom, you come tell me and we got some running for them. Or we got some some extra work planned for them that they need to do. And, you know, I call it academy. It's not a physical location. It's just, it's just what I want to call my program. Um, because, you know, I feel like we're offering so much. Like I said, it's, it's, it's not just helping kids. You know, by me playing professional basketball it's and stuff, o'clock. there's a lot of guys who aspire to, you know, play overseas that come from small schools or, you know, things like that. And, you know, even though there's a lot of opportunities out there, if you don't know how to get there, you don't have an agent or you took too much time off or, or whatever, you know, I want to consult you. I want to guide you and, and try to help find you an opportunity. So outside of the basketball academy where I use that to, you know, help parents, help kids, teach them whatever they need to know, helping kids get in the right high school, uh, that match their talent and putting them with the right coach. So I got a good relationship with Coach Justin Bell over at, at SM. And I, I know he's going to do a good job and they run a good program over there. So a lot of my kids are starting to, to go there that I'm training. Um, and I know you're going to get a good education there. But uh, I also, when I moved out, partnered with a, a buddy of mine that I met at the G League training, uh, G League tryout camp. And he had this exposure camp where we were trying to help young professionals fresh out of college and one or two years out get a job overseas. So we ran an exposure LA camp, um, sort of like Portsmouth back east. Yeah. Uh, just to try to, you know, help get guys jobs and things overseas. So it's, it's not just kids, it's anybody that's in this profession that just needs assistance and needs help that I can reach out to a contact or, or put a plug into something to try to get them to where they want to be. Yeah, man, hey, listen, I, and you use the word academy, and I'm glad you, you, you kind of went into that. But I can tell you, if you're giving knowledge and educating uh, people on whatever it is that you're educating them on, that's that's an academy so it, it is correct I talk about your academy and we talk about the consulting services I see that it says provides a wide array of consulta- uh, consultation services and um, 
when I look on here, I see athlete etiquette, which is that got to I appreciate that. Man, if if uh, if a kid thinks that they're gonna get a scholarship with a bad attitude, then they got another thing coming. You exactly. talk about coaching and, and mentoring. You talked about contract review, which is so important because if you ain't never done it before, you gonna sign something that you gonna put yourself in. You gonna sign a deal like, like Scottie Pippen did, seven years, twelve million dollars. You know right. what I'm saying? He was underpaid. We ain't gonna get into that right now. Uh, international <laughs> travel that you talk about and nutrition, team caps, tournaments, uh, training, and youth, and youth camps. Man, I think all that's important. Nutrition is is huge. Kids don't yeah. they think they can eat uh, Skittles and Red Hots and and stuff like that all day and then go out and get a job and play in the NBA overseas, which is kind of impossible. Exactly. Uh, they they not Marshawn Lynch. And there, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go into being an overseas, you know, international bas professional basketball player. And you know, I can go to the you know to the Drew League and I can go to all these pro-am leagues in the summertime or everything and yeah there's a lot of talent uh yeah a lot of these guys can play overseas but a lot of them won't because it's more toward than just being able to play you got to be able to fit into the cultures of these other countries and everything you got to be able to fit into a team system uh and be a team player you got to go over there and be liked by your teammates um you got to be able to live outside of the country for eight or nine months out the year away from your family you know, you, you, there's a lot of things that you have to, you know, be able to, you got to be able to deal with not getting paid on time or not getting paid at all and still go out there and perform. Um, you know, when you're only as good as your last game, forget your last season or your last job, your last game, you go through a stretch of two or three bad games, buddy, you're going home. You know, they're going to be looking to replace you or they're going to have a stern talk because they got to understand Americans go first, coaches second overseas because wow. the coach is going to put the blame on you first because he's not trying to go first. <laughs> so, you know, you just, you just got to know where you fit in at and how to fit in. And, you know, a lot of the street ball stuff, and I say, you know, Drew League is, is great, but it's all one-on-one. -on -one, nobody's playing defense. And, you know, I come from Baltimore, D.C. area where we got the Goodman League. Same thing. Same thing, yeah. A lot of talent, but it's the wrong kind of basketball. And when you look at the Olympics and a lot of these European, you know, teams that are, that are playing is organized it's team basketball um, and that's what you have to be able to adapt to and like I said each situation is different as you mentioned earlier I traveled to more than 30 countries I played in 15 different countries and I mean from the Middle East to South America to Asia to, to across Europe to you know pretty much everywhere and each country is different each culture is different I mean I, I spent three months in Iran you know, like like, what are you going to do when they wrong? Like you can't you can't look at the women, or the women can't talk to you. Yeah. You, you got to be careful who you talk to when you go out to the store and stuff. Or you know, you go to China is is different. South Korea is different. It's it's just you know you got to be able to adapt, and it's not for everybody. Well, you know what's funny is a lot of guys think I'm so talented. I'm gonna go over there. They gonna change their system for me. No nah, man, they're not gonna do that. You know, you get drafted as LeBron James or something, and then, you know, an NBA, and they might adjust their style of play for you. Right. But you go to Iran, <laughs> you don't adjust your play for them. We might not even see you anymore. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no problem. I got you, buddy. It's all good. Um, so uh, what do you think the parents, like what roles are they playing right now when it comes to their kids? Because I was like, I told you, I just talked to Dietrich, Cal State Fulton, head coach, and I asked him, do the parents have a huge influence right now on even in college? And he said, yes, they, they do, but they understand how to monitor them. Um, from your standpoint and your perspective, what are you seeing when it comes to parents and their involvement? Think things are different now because training is more prevalent in today's culture than it was when I grew up. Like it, the only training you got was take your butt across the street to the basketball court and work on your game, right? We're not paying no extra money for somebody to come in here and teach you how to play basketball. Um, so, so it's different now. So parents are finding that if they invest now, then their kids 
turn out better in the long run. So it's like an investment now, okay, to try to get you a college scholarship or an investment to try to get you, you know, some money or some aid to go to a good private school to play basketball to be seen. Um, I would say from a parent standpoint, like my mom and my, and my stepdad at the time, they were involved, but they weren't hands-on involved. Yeah. I say let the coaches coach and let the parents parent. And, and that's the big difference. Like we want to baby our children so much and you know, they don't play that much or you know, they, they want to blame the coach because they're not playing that much or the coach don't like my son or the coach is playing favoritism. Now I'm not going to say sometimes that doesn't happen. Right. But if your kid can play, your kid will play. I don't care what team he's on. And you got to allow the coach to do his job just like we as coaches allow the parents to do your job. And, you know, and that, that's, that goes back to what I was saying earlier, where kids, you know, parents, some parents are teaching kids to run away from certain situations because they're not getting the time that they, you know, think they deserve. The other thing is, how much time are you putting in? You know, if I'm a parent and I'm sitting home with my kid, my kid is sitting on the couch playing video games all day and talking on the phone to his friends and texting and stuff. And then we go to a game and he's wondering why he's not playing. Then... That's 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 why you're not playing because yeah. you're sitting in front of the TV on video games all day instead of working on your game. Now, if I see my son or my daughter, you know, putting in the work, and I see that they're really trying and really trying and really trying, and they're not playing, but I I can clearly see that they're good enough to play, then that's something different. Then you can step up and you can say something, and everything. But yeah. it starts from within. It starts from at home. If you're not putting in the time at home and everything, then don't come to the gym expecting me as a coach to, to play your kid. Because I, I give homework to all my students that I train every week. I tell them, you need to work on this dribbling. You need to work on this shot. You need to work on this form. And I'll tell you right now, if you come back next week, I'll be able to tell in the first two or three minutes if you did anything that I told you to do, because it will show. Yeah. Because if I got to repeat myself or say something that I told you last week three or four more times, then I know you didn't do it because I know if you just take 10 to 15 minutes a day and work on what I tell you to work on, that you will come back and it will be 10 times better than it was the day that we worked on. I know that for a fact. Yeah. And that's what kids, you know, when they come back, I'm like, I can already, I can already tell you didn't do what you're supposed to do. So now I got to waste time and, 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 and repeat what we went over last week. And all you're doing is stumping your growth. I'm here. You're, you're paying me already. So yeah. I'm here. But if you want to progress and you want to see improvement, you want to get better, this is what you have to do. Yeah. So I'm going to say something. And I don't want you guys to take it as if it was Coach Storm and Norman. Because what I, what I like to do is take what they tell me and then I kind of take it and then I throw it out. So basically what he said is this. He don't come to your job telling you what to do. He ain't all up in the stand saying popcorn, peanuts, soda pop. He ain't doing that. So don't you come to his job trying to tell kids how to dribble. I mean, that's basically what you said, but not in so many words. You know, right. yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hey, man, it's important, man. I, sometimes parents, they want to live through their kids, man. And they're trying to tell kids, you know, during the game, they don't know what the offense is, but they tell their kids every time they get it, shoot it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Shoot it. That's exactly. Not, that's not even in the offense. He ain't supposed to shoot it. He's supposed to be down there getting rebounds or blocking shots. You know what I'm saying? Dwight Howard, doing your job, keep you getting paid. Know your role. <laughs> know, know your role, Boulevard. Um, <laughs> uh, you brought up the G League, man. So yeah. what do you think about the new setup of the G League and them out there paying one or two players $500,000 coming out of high school and uh, them kids not going to college. What, what do you think about that? Well, Mo, you're getting on a whole new subject there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting on a whole new subject. I'll say, I'll say this. Um, for a kid that's 18 years old that comes from a family with nothing, they're going to take they're going to take that $500,000 and run with it because, again, they're thinking about now. They're thinking about the interim instead of thinking about the future. Um, if, if you told me at 18, hey, I'm going to pay you a half a million dollars to come and play in the G League, 
and you know, and, and that's going to be your 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 platform or your, your you know your foundation to get to the NBA the following season. At 18, I probably would take it. But if you came to me at age 23 after I got cut from the Indiana Pacers and went to the CBA and and told me I'll pay you $500,000 to come play in the CBA because the CBA was the G League. Right, right. I would go to college because it's, it's, it's not all it's cracked up to be. The coaches don't spend time with you in the G League or in the CBA at the time. Right. You're playing with, with vet players um, grown men that already have a different agenda and you know you this 18 18 year old kid that's 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 it's like major league baseball in the minor leagues you know those guys coming out 17 18 years old they get lost in the shuffle in the minor leagues and it takes them three four years to have an attempt at the majors right so I mean we're talking just a year but I mean you're just not going to get the coaching and you're not going to learn basketball like you would if you went to college for one, two, or three years. Because in college, they teach. Pro, they expect you to already know that stuff. It's very little teaching, especially a lot of the basic stuff, defensive rotations, uh, you know, and just just learning. You know, there's a lot to learn how to be a professional. Right. You know, and, and college helps prep you for that because you get the best of both worlds. It's almost professional, but you still got to, you know, work time management and manage your, your schoolwork and stuff. Um, and it's, it's a growing process. Go and enjoy time with your peers, with people your age, and learn. And, and you know, knock on wood and, and God's willing, man, that opportunity will still be there for you. But don't just take the money up front. It's going to be there for you. Yeah, man. Well, I, I, and I, I asked that question. When I get basketball players on the, on the podcast, man, I, I can't help but ask that question because everybody has a different take on it. And, yes, when they go to – in inner city where these kids uh, have grew up, grown up in, in poverty, you offer me five hundred thousand dollars in the immediate. You know, you're, right. you and your family like, yeah, you know. But if you look at the future and look down the line, it might not be the best thing for exactly. you. Exactly, might not develop right. So I totally get it, man. So I had to put you on the spot. I, I you know, I don't do I got you moments, but I just had to ask you that question. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's not a problem at all. Yeah. So uh, listen, people, I want you to know out there, um, if you are looking and you know your kids out there need some training or you're you're a kid and athlete in basketball and you're trying to get better. Of course, you can go to um, Norm L. Nolan, bballacademy.com um, and, and register. Just short say NLNBA.com is, is perfect. Or I should have put my email up there because the email is the best way, but I think they can leave a message on the website as well. And I'll get okay. back to them there. Well, so we, we was, uh, we was having a, uh, before you got on, we were having a discussion about the L cause you know, Tony was like, no, it's just uh no. And then he looked and saw the L he's like, what is the L for? I said, his middle name is Lamar. Bro. Lamar. <laughs> No, the middle name is Lewis, but uh, I, I like I like the, the sound of the NLNBA because you know it ha- sort of has the NBA title there a little bit with my initials. Yeah. So I sort of ran it all together. Yeah. No. See, I was close. I was close. I was close. It look. It looks professional. It does. It look. It looks real good, man. Um, so at at the big fella twenty five, that is your Twitter handle, correct? Correct. And I'm on Instagram as well. Uh, NLN Basketball Academy. Uh, is is Instagram? I'm on Facebook, just under my name as well. So I, I got pretty much all the social media outlets uh, taken care of. Covered. Hey, and so you gonna go out there? Cause I'm gonna go once I'm done with this show. I'm gonna grab my phone right here, and I'm gonna go ahead and follow him on all those platforms. Like I like to be able to keep up with what's going on, and then I'm also gonna go down there, pick up a ball, and watch. Like <laughs> I said, you know, my job here, I can talk all day long. I'm gonna go watch him uh, train some people and train some kids, man. Um, look, man, before I let you go, man, is there anything that you want to get out there or say to, to those young kids and their parents out there who who might be struggling with something, you know, during this time of pandemic? I know it's been hard. I know you said that you're still doing some one-on-one stuff um, with some kids throughout the pandemic. So anything you want to get out there, man? Uh... I mean, for the most part, just 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 weather the storm. We all in it together. 
it's been a, a rough start to the year 2020. Um, you know, we experienced a lot, you know, a lot of tears, uh, a lot of emotions, you know, and, and, and we, we're in the world right now where, where things are changing, changing and it's changing right before our eyes. So just stick with it. You know, I feel, feel bad for, you know, some of the high school kids, well, all the high school kids, seniors that are graduating, missing out on, you know, their senior year in prom and graduation and, you know, who knows what's going to happen with going to college as a freshman in the fall. Uh, you know, and I just want them just to stay positive. Um, this is a moment for change in our, in, in our lifetime. And yeah, it may seem bleak now, but I think we're going to overcome this and, and weather the storm and things are going to get better. And, and things has to get worse before it gets better. And if this is the worst it gets, then the future is bright for all of us. And, you know, just let the kids know they are the future. And, and to keep their head up and, and to speak up. Um, you know, I told them, you know, it's okay to, to hurt and to cry and to be afraid, but it's not okay to be quiet. Right. So lift your voices, speak out, say what you mean, stand for what you mean, and we're going to get through this. Look, man, I appreciate you coming on, man. I, you know, I love being able to, to sit back and talk to somebody who I, I don't know as well because, number one, now – you know, you ain't gonna be able to get rid of me. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Mary Dem probably didn't tell you that Mo is uh he's a social media stalker. Um, I love it. I love it. Attached, man. But I appreciate man you taking the time um to come on to the show. Um for you fans out there, please, please, please go follow him at the Big Fella 25. Um and also you can go on to NLMBA um, dot com to register and uh, find out more about his sports academy. We will get his his email address up and, and get that out to you folks as well. So I'm going to say thank you again for taking some time out of your day to listen to my annoying voice. You know, please uh, join me again next time where my goal is to make you smile, make you cry, and or make you laugh. But if neither of those, my goal is to educate and encourage. My, po my podcast will be covering any and everything from high school adolescence high school education, high school sports, and athletes, and all things around our adolescents. I will continue to interview educators, athletic directors, and people that want to make a difference and impact your lives. My hope is to share my passion for education, high school, uh, high school extracurricular activities, and higher learning. We will continue to cover topics that will further our educators, build our community around education and topics that may save a life or stop the bullying. If you are out there and you are feeling alone, depressed, suicidal, or need some help, or just need someone to talk to, please pick up the phone and call a hotline or call our partners over at 417 Recovery. Find me on social media anywhere, on Twitter, at Mo underscore or, that's with two R's, or on Instagram, at Mo the HS Narrative, and make sure to subscribe and comment on any podcast app. I will leave you with this. Take some time and do something nice for someone else. In turn, someone will do something nice for you. Stand up for those that may be weak and be a voice for change. Stay motivated, pun intended, and remember, when adversity comes, look it straight in the eye and say, I'm strong, I'm loved, and I will overcome you. I gotta go. You have been watching and listening to Talk the Talk with Mo Orr, for Tony, for Coach Norman. I'm Mo. Until next time, be a positive enforcement. So what is Blast Athletic? Blast is an online network that connects team websites, athlete showcases, and the best sports fundraiser on the planet. In other words, we created a team website and app where teams can not only communicate through shared calendars and announcements, but also build a community by writing recaps, selecting MVPs, sharing highlight videos, posting photos, scores, stats, and much more. Everything your team posts to your team website will automatically connect to each athlete's individual blast showcase, building their sports resumes in real time. Athlete showcases were designed with coaches and scouts to specifically enable accurate and thorough athlete analysis from anywhere in the nation. 
Then, each week, Blast takes that same content your team posted and sends out an email update to each sponsor, focusing on the athlete they support. Trust us, Grandma would rather have a photo a week than any amount of cookie dough.